We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we're calling him uh, Gandalf because, like, he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. What's up and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC, Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts at, and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob. This evening I am joined by Taylor. You guys know it was more entertaining than watching the, or more impressive than watching the Thunder tonight? Kyler Murray's draft combine measurements. You see those hands, though? <laughs> he's growing, guys. He is he's growing. growing. I heard he's stretching himself. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I want, uh, Never mind. I'm not going to say. I'm, <laughs> we're just going to. And I'm joined by Justin. Hey, guys. I'm sad. Yeah. We're not going to try to have a sad podcast, though. The Thunder just lost to. The Philadelphia 76ers, 108-104. The first time Philly has beat the Thunder in 19 tries. That's 10 years. That is 10 A years. long time. Yep. You know what I was doing 10 years ago? Please tell us. 10 <laughs> years ago, I was about to turn 19. I was... Right now, 10 years ago, I was in my first year of community college... Um, I don't and know now he's in his 10th. Now I'm in my 10th <laughs> year of community college. <laughs> no, 10 years is a long time ago. That's this is a long time. I wish they would have made it uh, 20 ago. wins in a, in a row, though, because <laughs> uh, the Thunder kind of needed it. So I know all of Thunder, Thunder Nation is sad. The Fire Billy Donovan folks have crawled out of their holes, their little hobbit holes. Uh, and they are they are fired up. Um, we got a lot to talk about. So Taylor, why don't you just uh, just take us take us down this dark dark road of this basketball game? Well, like you mentioned, we've lost three straight now. I mean, we should fire Billy Donovan. We should trade Russell Westbrook. Um, we hey. should bench Ter- I saw bench Ter- Terrence Ferguson tonight. That's another oh, one. That's a dumb take. That one hadn't been around in quite a while. Steven Adams is a terrible center. Yeah, I'm not sure I was why about to say, he's on the contract what, what, that he is. When do we start getting the legit <laughs> people asking, like, can we trade Steven Adams in the offseason? Yeah. Yep. Because those ones are coming. But regardless, the Thunder unfortunately dropped this one to the Philadelphia uh, 76ers, 108-104. to It was a close one. The Thunder made a little push at the end. Uh, but ultimately, they couldn't finish. 
Thunder lost a third straight. They're now one and three since the All-Star break, which is pretty brutal. And they are now tied. Maybe the worst uh, worst thing of tonight is that they're now tied with Portland for third in the West. We are no longer up on them. Uh, we are now tied. Now, the good news for us is I think Portland has a pretty tough game tomorrow. Don't they play the Raptors? They play sure in they Toronto play, tomorrow play. with no Ennis Cantor. Ooh. Because yeah. he can't go out of the country. Right. Oh, that's a a good, I forgot about that. Yeah, that stinks. Um, so that might help us out just a little bit. But regardless, we good really news need is the one. Thunder has the, the tiebreaker over the Blazers. But yeah, yeah the Thunder are a, uh, a they are tied with Portland. And after Houston won tonight, they are only a game and a half up on Houston. That's pretty crazy. So considering that Houston not was down good. by like double digits, I think, at the beginning of the third quarter. Yep. Um, not good. But speaking of MVP candidates like Harden, uh, there was no Paul George tonight for the Thunder due to a a sore shoulder. I guess after that came out, uh, once Billy announced, or not wasn't Billy, it was the Thunder who announced it today. There were some reporters such as Matt Moore, you know, HP Basketball over at the Action Network, and also Brett Dawson of the Athletic came out and said that after the Denver game, Paul George was actually getting treatment on that shoulder, but. When they asked about it, they were just like, "No, there's no specific injury. He's just, he's just getting treatment." Yeah. But that, since then, can I jump Brett in on that, that real quick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the TNT broadcast tonight, uh, I think after the first quarter or the first timeout, I can't remember, uh, but yep. Kristen Ludlow was was the sideline reporter tonight, and I don't know how she got the information over like other people, but said that uh, Paul George has had an MRI. There's no structural damage, but he's got a strained rotator cuff, and they okay. do not want to uh, to put him back on the court before he. They'd rather take the take the long process and let him fully heal. Uh, that's a smart long term play. I don't know how she got the info over other people, but MRI has been done. No structural damage, but it is a it is a strained rotator cuff. Ooh, see, I missed that, so I'm glad you brought that up. That is yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that also worries me. Um, a little bit about Saturday's game against San Antonio because uh, one thing that, that also happened tonight was Russell Westbrook took a little bit of a blow to the hip slash groin area. Like at one point, there was like Royce, I think Eric uh, Eric Horn, they all like were reporting that he may have just literally taken a, a blow to an uncomfortable area, which I love all the euphemisms people use for nuts What's your fa- and, and yeah. dick. What's on- your favorite? What's your go-to? Um, Gonads is a great one. <laughs> I love that one. I I That's like one whenever go-to. Steven Adams gets hit in his nuts, which is in the Kiwis. That, yeah, Kiwis. Yes, dude, that guy's got to have the biggest testicles of all time because he gets oh hit gosh. in the. Have you guys read Steven Adams' book, yeah. the biography? No, I haven't. So me and Justin and Kami are all are all like almost like in the very. It's really weird. We're like in the same spot of Boomtown. Um, yeah. We're finishing that one up right now. But as soon as I finish Boomtown up, um. My mom bought me the Stephen Adams book. She surprised me with it here a while back. So, anyways, I'm going to uh, to start reading it. I'm excited about it. But so continue. It, it's a good one, but and it, it talks. He talks about how uh, Draymond like kicked him in the nuts. Like, what was it two two times or three times? Yeah, yeah. I think it was was it was it twice. Two. And he said he said the the first time got him in the shaft. And then the second time got him in the testicles, and so that's the one that like he felt like he was gonna puke Hurt on the, the floor because like it that's felt like his, his nuts were like up in his stomach, you know? Like you've uh, had that before, right? Where like you get hit in the yeah, nuts, yes. and it like yep. feels like both your testicles like relocate up into your like large intestine. Yep. So I guess the first time it wasn't as bad because he like kicked him in the shaft slash head region, and then the next time just kicked him like square. Very in the nuts. specific. Yeah. Goodness. So. <laughs> Goodness. My man's must be packing is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's the only thing he's got going for him right now, though, because he's not playing good either. No, he is not. And we, we will get into that. Um, but as I mentioned, it worries me a little bit on Saturday if we do not have rust because after he got hit in that area, it turned out it was actually some muscle up there like his hip because uh, I don't know if you guys – so It's not a tumor. Like, it's a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I follow like some different – things on like my Instagram and stuff of like some bodybuilders and some fitness people and they all really hype up this it's like hyper what is it goodness I just, I just went blank but it's like massage gun basically it's per, a percussion massager 
and they were using one of those on Russ in that area um, while he was on the sideline and while he was on the bench. And that worries me a little bit. It makes me think it's a little more serious maybe than we think and that he was suffering through that because if we don't have Russ or PG on Saturday against San Antonio, um, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> well, on <laughs> Saturday is a first of a back-to-back because they turn right around and, and play, play Memphis, Memphis on Sunday. Yeah, so if you don't point. have them for Saturday, you're probably not going to have them for Sunday. Very true. Very but true. I, the PG thing makes me more nervous, honestly, just because of what happened last year. I'm not necessarily nervous that PG will have to sit out for a long period of time or something like that, but rather that right. he'll play and just won't be himself. Because that's what happened last season is he had that fluid on his elbow and it just, he couldn't play. He, he played through it, but he he wasn't at the same level and it affected his shooting and i think what we've seen from pg is how important he is to this team and how high that ceiling is you would would hate to see it like at this point now like all of a sudden okay we're going to yank that away from you and we're going to go back to kind of like a you know 75 percent pg which is still beneficial to the team but it's not going to get the job done as we move to the playoffs right and you know what that's really interesting you mentioned that justin because even before uh tonight's game and even before it was announced that he had that, he was going to be sitting out with that minor shoulder injury. I was just thinking over his, like basically since post ulcer break, he really has been struggling, kind of going through a slump, uh, a small slump, nevertheless, but a, still a slump. And I just kept thinking back to what we were saying before he really started getting on this run, you know, earlier this season, his MVP campaign, his MVP run. We talked a lot about his streakiness, and he really is such a rhythm player. And he got in this ridiculous. Re- in this incredible rhythm here, as we all know, um, and it's put him in like solid contention for the MVP and the defensive player of the year com- campaigns, respectively. But it just worried me a little bit that he came out again, like he did last year, post All Star break, and was struggling. Yeah. Because the last thing we want is for him to go four, five, six games of uh, not really finding his rhythm. And next thing you know, we're in fourth or fifth place in the West. Now, that was this was all I was thinking all this before this injury, and I think that changes a lot. Um, but I'm with you. I think that's definitely a little worrisome because he is a streaky player. Yeah, I think everything about this team since the All Star break just seems to be a little bit like out of whack. And it, you know, other than the True. other than the Utah game that was you know the double overtime thriller. God, and like, you know, imagine if they lose that and they're zero and right, four right now. You know, exactly. <laughs> But you look at you look at Sacramento, Denver, Philly. I I tweeted this after the game, but like it's like watching Groundhog Day. Like every yeah. game has kind of taken the same flow. They come I out slow. Tweet. They <laughs> dig themselves into a hole, and then they they show some fight in the third and fourth quarter to get it close. But they just they come up a little bit short because they put themselves in too much of a deficit from the get go. Yeah, and see, and I I, just, I tweeted something out about that as well. That it's you know same thing. The 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 consistent thing the the theme of the three losses is that all three games the the kings the nuggets and then tonight the sixers all those games under five minutes to go are at some point one possession games yep Yep. and then the thunder end up losing and that if you go back and you watch the final five minutes of all three of those games it's execution it's defensive execution it's it's poor shot selection i mean honestly one play, I think, caused the Thunder to lose tonight because they made a comeback. They're down two points. Come at, And this is the, the part that pissed me off the most is they come out of a timeout. Yep. And then... Justin and I literally were talking about this play while you were getting a drink of water uh, pre-podcast. Yep. I know yeah, exactly what you're getting You know, at. like, it's a simple screen and pop, and Ferguson and Keith both go... I forget who is ball handling... Um, but ends up with a pass over to Mike Scott, who catches it wide open at the top of the key, and nobody wide goes open. to him, and he he drains a three pointer, and that's literally the game because the Thunder were playing solid defense. You know, you force a miss there. There's a really good chance the Thunder can win that game, but yep. like that that's just lack of communication. That's lack of defensive communication. You know, someone's got to call either we're switching or we're staying. But whenever you don't talk, it, it leads to that. And I saw that happen multiple times tonight, and that's really frustrating. With that being said, I, I said we weren't going to like completely shit on this team, this podcast. 
the second <laughs> half, the second half tonight, I think is the best defense they've played in quite a while. And I agree. The second half might be yeah. the best defense they've played in what a month and a half. They held Philly to 48 points in the second half, which is pretty solid. And I think you bring up a good point, Jacob, like that shot by Mike Scott. Um, and I can't help but laugh because I just think of Michael Scott from the office every single time. Yeah. I'm such a big, like, did you see nerd. that on, uh, <laughs> on basketball reference? One of his nicknames is the three general manager. Oh my gosh. Regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I did not see that. It's pretty good. But I think one thing that's, st- one thing that made that shot hurt even worse was that, like you said, Jacob and Justin, both of you guys mentioned this, the second half they were playing much better defense, particularly in that fourth quarter. You know, that comeback, that last comeback run, there was multiple runs in this game, um, but that last one they made where they brought, I think we were within two at that point. Um, we were getting steals, deflections, we were playing aggressive, and then, like you said, they just completely butchered the rotations, uh, left Michael Mike Scott open for that wide open three. I almost said Michael Scott. And, I know, I almost said Michael. <laughs> terrible um, habit, but I think yeah, that was just... It went downhill I, from there. I, I can't. I, I don't have like the the access to this information right now. But so the Thunder tie it up, and then Philly goes on a ten 0 run in the fourth quarter. Is that right? Was it tied up, or were we down two? I feel like we were down two, but they. Yeah, I thought we were. Down I think two. it might have got tied up, and then Philly goes on a ten 0 run. You're right. Um, I think Russ hit a layup and tie that. Sorry, I think you're right. Yeah. So I I don't have access to like look this specifically up, but that ten 0 run came right around the time that Stephen Adams subbed back in. Yep. Came at about the same time Stephen Adams subbed back in, uh, which leads me which to is ca- similar ca- to the Nuggets game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, the Thunder make a comeback. Nerlens Noel fouls out in the Nuggets game, Stephen Adams. So, I love Stephen Adams. He's not playing good basketball. Agreed. Like, um, I, I, I tweeted tonight, out this morning. Rebounds. Yeah, I tweeted out this morning that, you know, even with Paul George out, like, Philly is missing their starting and their backup center. No Embiid, exactly. no Boban. Stephen Adams should have had, like, nearly 30 he points tonight. Yeah, he should have had a twenty twenty game, and instead he had eleven points, fourteen rebounds. Like it's it's bad that the, that the rebounding numbers are even on this game because yep. the Thunder should have out rebounded the hell out of Philly tonight, and it didn't happen. It's embarrassing that the points in the paint are pretty even tonight because the Thunder should have dominated in the paint whenever Philly doesn't have a rim protector in there. Agreed. Yeah, but how many like missed shots in the paint were there tonight? I don't feel like I've ever seen so many missed dunks and layups. Steven missed two dunks. Steven yeah. had two bunk- dunks boink off the rim. Yep. Um, Schroeder struggled to to finish. He got to the rim fine. He struggled to get the ball to go in. Um, was not good. But you know who did play good defense tonight was Terrence Ferguson. Ferg did play good defense. Started on Reddick. Reddick went three of thirteen tonight. Um, yep. I think the best defender they put on, and I, this one kind of surprises me a lot, the best defender that Tobias Harris saw all night was Terrence Ferguson. Terrence stoned him in the in the lane two or three times. And then at the end of the game there, uh, Terrence shuts down Jimmy Butler. And, you know, the Thunder failed to secure an, an offensive re- or a defensive rebound and let Bill, ben, I almost said Bill Simmons, Ben Simmons grab a rebound. But, yep. I mean, Jimmy Butler wanted that final shot, and Terrence Ferguson stuck to him and forced a bad miss. You know, so Ferguson guarded three kind of prolific offensive players in in Harris, in Reddick, and in Butler. And I thought against all of them, he did a really fantastic job. I, I again, I can't grab the stats right now of like te- what player shot against Terrence Ferguson tonight, but I feel like it probably wasn't very good. I agree, and. The other thing, too, you know, something we've seen uh, these last couple of games since All-Star break is Ferguson has really struggled with uh, with fouling. He only had three tonight. He had I think six that's assists huge. tonight? He was, yeah. Wow. Six assists and seven points. So that's wow. – he was three of five, you know, um, from the field, and I think that was big. He's, he needs more shots. He's starting to drive. He's, he does. And he's starting to he's starting to drive a little more because these teams are starting to run him off the three-point line because they, they finally are scouting him and realizing that he's been shooting the three-point ball uh, really well. 
And I think that's good to see him driving a little more, and hopefully that will kind of open his shot back up. Um, but one thing, we talked about Steven Adams. And it, whenever he's driving, he's he's finding guys. Like, a lot of he's, times he's driving to set point. somebody else he's up. He's picking up people. Yep. Yeah, and which I think is a great sign of, of maturity from him. I agree. I agree completely. Um, but you guys, you mentioned Steven Adams here a little bit ago, and I kind of went through his stat line. And, I mean, I was expecting a big game from him as well, and it's concerning that he didn't. Um, I was one of the people who was kind of against this whole, like, Steven Adams isn't playing great, and why are we playing him so much? What's his deal, you know, here the past couple games? So I was really hoping this was gonna, going to kind of be his, like, coming out game post-All-Star break, and a game that yep. he, he should score 20 points and have, you know, 10-plus rebounds. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And that's a little concerning to me, and I kind of hate to, like, like quote this or uh, report this in the podcast because I know – uh, Andrew Schlecht, he was a little like hesitant in his, I think it was like his Wednesday or Friday pod last week when he did report this. But he stated that after the Utah double overtime crazy thriller game, that Steven Adams was noticeably uh, limping on one of his ankles and seemed very banged up and beat up. And I just, I, I heard that and then I've watched these, like the two games since he, re- not reported, but since he stated that. And I can't help but be just a little concerned that Steven is not healthy. And I think back to last season. And I think back to the season before that. It seems like every year around this time, you know, once he's gone through almost a full season, he's all, he, he just it's the way he plays. He's such a physical player, and we need that from him. But that's so tough on his body. And it's just it's really concerning to me, not only for this season, but even long term. You know, he is. He's ridiculously young. I think he's only like – I'm 24. I'm pretty sure he's like 25. Yeah, he's 25. Like, he's not even a full year older than I am. Um, but it just seems to me that he's having a little trouble staying healthy and I'm not sure he's completely healthy right now. Uh, would you guys agree with that or disagree with that? I totally agree. And I think it's, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head of it's, it's something we've seen for a few years in a row. Now it's kind of a theme with him. And I, I do think it relates to how he plays. What I'd like to see is especially now that the thunder have a, a very capable backup in Nerland's Noel. I'd like to see Billy get Noel more minutes in kind of this part of the season so that Steven can take a little bit more time off leading into the playoffs so that in the playoffs when rotations get shorter and he's going to be playing more minutes, he's maybe a little bit more fresh because tonight you look, Noel only played 10 minutes. I feel like he probably could have That's, played. Yeah, but Shannon Adams played that. 32. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you guys. Like, don't like sit Adams, but play him 25 minutes a game. Right. Give Noel Burn. Give Give Keith Morris exactly. some time at, at the five. Give Grant some time at the five. Or, but one thing you have with Keith now, and we honestly we kind of saw this in the starting lineup, which I haven't mentioned. It was a very interesting but uh, exciting starting lineup. But what I'm getting at here is you. Jeremy Grant did great last season at the backup five. And while I love his new role that he's had this season, I think he's thriving. I think that's where he's best. You can still slide Jeremy into that that backup five as well and then bring Keith in at that power forward position. Yep. Um, yep. And that even gives – if Noel's struggling on a matchup one night or if he's not playing well or if Billy doesn't feel comfortable playing him, um, or even if you, you have played you know, Noel – 12 13 minutes and you still want to give steven a little more rest you slide jeremy over to that five and let marquee play that four or vice versa for that matter you can play keith at the five i think like you're you were getting at jacob um so i'm with you guys speaking of keith he had a pretty big game for us tonight uh, with pg out he primarily had a big second half his first half wasn't all that impressive but he ended up with 17 points four rebounds on seven of 12 field goals I thought his defense slightly improved in the second half as well. I think he's getting a little more comfortable. What were your guys' overall thoughts with Marquis' performance? Chief Keefe. Yeah, I thought um, offensively he, he got going a little bit more. Now 12 shots, obviously that's a result of Paul not playing. But I, what I really liked from his offense was in that fourth quarter, they were running like a, a screen and roll with him and because they knew Philly was switching and Keith was just getting the mismatch every time and just just bullying guys, you know, because he's got that size to do so. And so he bullied yep. his way down and then he, he splashed a, a wing, a w- open wing three. Um, and that's exactly what you want to see from 7 of 12, 17 points. That, that's really efficient. 
uh, two of two from the free throw line, one of three from three point line. Um, you know, I, I I think that's that's solid from him, and I, I think that's kind of what what we should expect. I was I was pretty pretty happy with his performance. Um, I think he's still trying to get the Thunder's defensive identity down as far as when he defends the the backside of the screen and roll. He's not supposed to drop. He's got to hedge out real high. And I think he's still struggling with hedging out and then getting back to his man. But in the fourth quarter, the Thunder switched a lot. And I thought he, he did really well uh, switching and guarding. So that's a good sign. Yep. He's definitely seeming more comfortable. And I think... Each game he's shown a little bit of improvement, tonight being the best that we've seen from him so far. But I do think about when we were talking earlier about the Thunder kind of getting in these slow starts since the All-Star break. I wonder how much the Markeith addition has to do with that because there is it just seems like every game there's a a handful of plays, especially early on, where you see Markeith chasing a guy out late to the three-point line or something like that that leads to some open buckets. And it's it's a complicated uh, defensive system. I think we've talked about it before. It requires a ton of communication. And I think that it just takes a new guy like Markeith. It's going to take some time for him to learn it, to understand what his role is in the different rotations. Uh, and I think he's he's getting better at it. And hopefully, as this team continues on moving towards the playoffs, he'll get to a point where you don't notice those lapses as much anymore. And I think we're heading in that direction. But you do kind of notice it, especially tonight when he was starting. It was kind of apparent early in the game. So I thought it was interesting after halftime when Billy came back with Schroeder instead of Markeith to start the second half. Um, but like you said, he closed the game really well. His defense was good. His offense, he was 5 of 8 in the fourth quarter, which is pretty solid, including yeah. two threes. That's huge. Yep. He was a part of that that comeback, uh, that, that final uh, run that the thunder went on that was i agree that was big time yep yep i agree so we kind of touched on him just a few minutes ago before we jumped into to keith but i think we need to spend some time talking about jeremy grant i agree because he's awesome he, that's what yeah. i was about to touch on yep he, he finished oh, sorry go ahead no he's been great like he's yep. been like legitimately great so he finished tonight with 23 points uh six rebounds and that so he played 37 minutes. That was tied with Russ for the second most. Um, Ferguson actually got 38, so he got one more minute than both Jeremy and Russ did. But Jeremy was awesome tonight. But not only that, he's been awesome since put, really these last four games post All Star break. Since then, he's been averaging 17.5 points, 5.8 rebounds, on 52.9% from three, and 56.3 overall um, from the four. That this feels per- sustainable. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's going to continue. <laughs> yeah, but no, he's been so playing great, though. Like, defensively, he's stats. been good. Uh, attacking the basket, he's been good. Finishing through traffic, he's been good. Hitting open yep. threes, he's been good. Uh, blocking shots. I mean, I thought that he did a solid job guarding Jokic for stretches the other night. You know, he's, Yeah, I agree. He's He's been really good, you know. he's He's not going to win most improved. Uh, I think D'Angelo Russell has that locked up. But I think Jeremy Grant will get votes for most improved. How dare you forget about the greatest player in the league right now, Pascal Siakam, Jacob. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. he's going to get most improved. <laughs> he probably with, is, isn't you know. he? God, isn't that obnoxious? I don't I like that guy. It's so obnoxious. It's it's obnoxious. D'Angelo, I, like I think him. D'Angelo Russell deserves it, I don't like the whole it, hype. Yeah. yeah. I yep. think D'Angelo... D'Angelo Russell deserves it. I think Buddy Heal deserves a lot of love for Most Improved. He's think, been on a tear. I think Jeremy Grant deserves some love for Most Improved. Yep. But, yeah, it's going to go to Pascal Siakam. I can't just wait like, for somebody to max him out and then... Um, him just, just fall off a cliff. It, it just doesn't work. <laughs> he, he's not, next, not literally, um, but... <laughs> who, oh, he can fall off a cliff literally for all I care. <laughs> Shit. Um, who's the... Uh, this is going to sound bad. I ho- I hope you guys don't take this the wrong way, but who's the other <laughs> African dude from Toronto that got a huge payday and then hasn't been shit in the league since? He's a big man. Serge Ibaka? No, the other African. <laughs> oh, oh what's his name? Is he still on there right now? Uh, no, he Biombo? went to Bion- Bismack Biombo. That's who I was thinking of. I was like, it's 
he's on with uh, Orlando right now, right? No, I think or he got traded to it? Charlotte. Oh boy, he's yeah, been, I'm way off. Yeah, he's gotten bounced around. Yeah, because he's not any good. So I, I think that might happen to Pascal. Fair. Pascal. Pascal sounds like uh, some like 17th century white Italian painter. Like Pascal Siakam true. sounds like he was uh, part Italian, <laughs> like but from the Middle East and was part of the Renaissance. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. So speaking of Jeremy, <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that always gets me with Jeremy is like when he drives the lane. And there was a moment tonight they showed it. They showed the replay from like the overhead camera and you can just see he just picks up the ball and just drives straight at two people and has no business at all getting past them. But somehow manages to hoist up a shot in between these two defenders and it it goes up and I think it went in and it was an and one situation maybe or at the very least he got fouls and went to the line. And I think that's what's been so fascinating to watch with Jeremy's development for me is his con- his body control when yeah. he gets in the lane. Because when the Thunder first got him, he he reminded me of like when Bambi is trying exactly. to walk on the ice. I was going like, to say like deer in the headlights. I mean, yeah, yeah, like exactly spinning around. There's appendages flying everywhere. Yeah. And like it's just, you know, it's not going to end well, but the ball's going to go up in the air. Now he still has moments. He he still has moments where he resembles a baby deer. When uh, he had a couple tonight where he drives the lane and just doesn't really have a game plan. But for the most part, those have kind of decreased. And when he gets in there, like he gets shots up that that leave me scratching my head almost every game. Like the, he has no business getting a shot up, and all of a sudden you just see a Jeremy Grant hand kind of like emerge from this pile of bodies and drop in a layup, yeah. and it's beautiful. His his body control and his ability to to drive to the cup, put the ball on the floor two times. It's impressive. It's really impressive from last year. And then obviously his three point shot is like we have a big enough sample size now. Like it's legit. It's legit. Right. Now one area that he struggles, which I think we've started to see a little bit recently, to be a, a thorn in this team's side is his rebounding. You know, yeah. the the other night against Denver, Paul Millsap, you know, kind of turned the tide for Denver in that game from offensive rebounding. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I think, gets caught ball watching sometimes on defensive rebounds. Uh, with a frame like that, with arms that long, with that type of athleticism, uh, he should be just a monster on the glass, and he is not. And so I think that's maybe like his his next development is to be more aggressive on on the glass and, and grab more rebounds because that's Agreed. I think that's the one glaring weakness of his game right now. I agree completely. And you know, so one thing that we haven't even mentioned with Jeremy is that he started at small forward tonight for Paul George. You know, they slid in Keith to start. Um, they put him at the power forward, slid Jeremy over to small forward for Paul George. Meanwhile, Tobias Harris scores 32 points. And yeah. it, it so so showed... let me ask you this, though. Is Jeremy Grant starting at three, at the three tonight? Uh, which would you say? Is it because of Jeremy Grant's, ver- more because of Jeremy Grant's versatility or more because OKC's extreme lack, th- lack of depth at the wing? So that's right. I think it's their depth, the wing, because taking Paul George out of that lineup, um, it killed us. I think if if Jeremy is guarding Tobias that entire time at the four yeah. or not the entire time, obviously, but for the majority of the time at the four, I, I'm not sure we I, we see Tobias go for 32. Um, however, then you have Jimmy Butler, you know, being guarded by Nader if you keep Jeremy at the four. And, or Diallo, and I'm not sure that's ideal either. I thought Diallo so, might get some run tonight, but I did too. I did too. That was interesting. That was very interesting. So that's one thing I wanted to bring up to you guys with the Thunder's depth at the wing. It seems like a real issue, and I'm not sure. It doesn't really seem like, particularly after to, or today or whatever it is tomorrow. Maybe it's like tomorrow at midnight. Um, the buyout came to see for uh, the playoffs. They have to be like players have to be bought out by. I guess it's tomorrow at midnight from some tweets that I saw from some people in order to be eligible for to be playoff eligible. Um, so it doesn't really seem like the Thunder are going to pick up anybody 
else at this point. Well, they'll probably pick up somebody else. Oh my gosh, sorry. I just saw the uh, the halftime score of that Jazz Nuggets game. Yeah, I, I have not down fifty-two oh to thirty-seven. Jazz, cow, wow, Utah. All right. And well, Utah doesn't have a point guard tonight. They're playing Donovan Mitchell at point because wow. all three wow. of their point guards are out. That's crazy. Wow. Boy, that's interesting. So, anyways, huh. sorry. That was, <laughs> that was a that's little off interesting. topic. But I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up, though. Wow. Boy. Okay, yeah. anyways, what were you saying? So, so how do we <laughs> how do wing we depth. supplement that that depth wing? Like, that, how do we? That's a great question. You know, I mean, Ab- Abdul Nader's been getting burned. Um, I like Abdul Nader. He's a he seems like a solid dude, but he's he shouldn't be one of your uh, your main wings off the bench. You know, uh, I don't think anyone else is going to get bought out. That there are guys that aren't on teams right now that you could go get. Um, Nick is probably, he's not on the podcast tonight. He's probably listening right now, yelling, Swaggy P! Uh, they're not going to bring Swaggy P in. But, you know, Corey Brewer just signed for the rest of the year with the Kings. I thought yep. that maybe would yep. have made a little There's bit of sense. There's lots of people, lots of people holding on hope for that one. Yeah. The, uh, the interesting thing is, before Christmas, this team looked to be really deep at the wing. You had Ferguson, you had Paul George, you had Alex Abrinas, um, you were about to have Andre Robertson, uh, you had Abdul Nader, you had Hami playing well. You know, it, it looked like there's going to be a log jam at the wing, and now you desperately need production. And I know a lot of people have said this. Um, Kamiar has been big on like the you know is is Andre Robertson expendable argument. Um, I think if if Andre Robertson could get healthy-ish and give you 10 minutes a night off the bench, that would be such a lift for this team. That'd be big. Like, yep. mon- like, I, think, like, I think big undersells it. You Did know? you see Billy's comments the other day about Robertson? I think it was on Tuesday. So I, I know he said something, but, but I don't know exactly what he said. It wasn't, I mean, it was nothing crazy, like revelatory, but compared to the last time we heard Billy talk about it, where it was like, oh my gosh, like he might not play ever. Right. He might not play NBA basketball ever again. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he was getting some shots around and Billy kind of said like, you know, it's encouraging. He's getting some shots up. He's jogging around and it, while I still I'm sticking with what I've said all year that I don't think he'll play this season, I think it that comment makes me a little more optimistic. But at this point, you know, you're getting so late in the season that even if he were to be able to come back and get a few minutes, like what's the likelihood that he's going to get? Well, any meaningful then, playoff minutes? Then well, the whole chemistry I, I think if you too, yeah, right? I think like, if you get him back, I mean, how many games does the Thunder have left now? Twenty one after tonight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Let me look at the schedule real quick. 58, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, they have 21 games left. I think if you can get him back with at least 12 games to go and and get him some burn, uh, it's not like you're adding a brand new player. You're adding a guy with a lot of experience, like a lot of experience. I think people forget how much experience Andre has. Um, so if you can get him back, we're at... So with 21 games left, they have... So that's like just over two weeks away. Three games this coming week. Four games... Oh, sorry. Four games the coming week. Four games the week after that. So that's eight. Ooh. That puts it down to 13. So if you can get him back by, I would say, like, that that game at home versus Miami March 18th. If he can get back by then, play that game. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's play those last twelve games. Okay, that that might work. I I think I'm with you. He'll he'll play playoff time. Um, Absolutely pushing, and that's one two and a half weeks away. I think anything past that, um, you're starting to get real iffy. But. You know, I, it would I, help this team a lot. I don't think it'll happen, um, but I hope it'll happen. Right. But I don't think it will. I but it, it would I, be huge. It would I'd be, be huge. I mean, I'd be surprised to see them rush straight back. But 
It would be, yeah, absolutely. It'd yeah, they're not going to rush him back by by any stretch options. stretch of the imagination, but it, it would be huge if if they could get him back for that last ten to twelve games, uh, get him some time, and then I mean, if you think about it, like I know Markeith wasn't out nearly as long, but Markeith's already kind of rounding into form, and he's this is only his fourth game he's played since before Christmas. You know, Markeith yep. was out like I think almost all of December. So if you can get Dre back, I mean, just just think about how much Keefe has done in the past four games, right? Now give Keefe another six games. When Keefe gets to 10 games, we're going to be like, oh, okay, he's like in a groove. I mean, I think yep. if you give Dre 10 games, he can get in a groove, you know? And I agree. You're not That's asking him to play 30 minutes a night. If you can get 10 minutes a night off the bench from him in the playoffs, that's massive because he's a big wing, and that's something this team does not have is big wings. And it gives you another option defensively as well. You That's know, what I was going to say. It's, it's, it's just, huge. It, it you know, like, this identity of the team. If if Paul was out tonight and Dre was starting in his place, I would feel perfectly fine. Yep. You know. So yeah, yeah. I think he just he brings something to the team that even if I, like we're running out of time on the buyout market, but anybody you'd pick up on the buyout market, like. Dre's going to be an improvement over them. So if if this team was able to get him back, he's obviously kind of the best addition out there, even if the Thunder stands pat at the buyout deadline. Exactly. Exactly. You know, he's he would be a a bigger acquisition for this team than Keith is. Yep. You know, particularly like you said, if he can be even 80 percent healthy. Yes. Swaggy P. Like Jacob said, there's a reason he's not he's not in the league. Um yep. or not playing in the league right now. But so just one last thing that I have to touch on, I think, overall with the Thunder, uh, tonight's game as well as just post all star break. And I we kinda touched on Russ a little bit with his, his minor injury. We're hoping it's something more because if it is something more, then this team's in big trouble. Like Jacob mentioned, they're playing what, eight games in the next two weeks. That's brutal. And so we obviously need Russ and PG to to be healthy for those. But Russ finished with a triple-double tonight. He had 23, 11, and 11. That's a great stat line if you have Paul George with you, also scoring you know another 25-plus. Unfortunately, Russ shot 8 of 24 overall, and he was only 1 of 9 from 3. It wasn't great. And I think his defense hasn't been ideal the past two past two games. His, his defense was very lazy tonight. It's just very slow. Lazy. Yep. He's slow on rotations. He's he's leaving open shooters like he's just yeah he's playing lazy. I think it's a great way to put it. Um, he didn't have one of his his better games, and I was really hoping to see a big game from Russ. And really, I mean that was what we were all kind of banking on. Without Paul George, we need Russ to have a big game to kind of carry the uh, the offensive scoring load. Because if you don't have him, you don't really have any other big scores. You just have a bunch of solid role players, you know. But Fortunately, Jeremy Grant had 23 and kept us in it. Marcus, Marcus, uh, Mark Keefe, excuse me, I want to say Marcus, I'll have it, but uh, Keefe kind of kept us in there with 17. You have Schroeder with 14 off the bench, but, you know, we, <laughs> there's not a lot of ways to supplement PG scoring, and you'd really hope to see Russ kind of get that going, particularly the way he's been shooting um, recently. He's He's been shooting quite a bit better, but tonight he did not. Yeah, so, this was more like pre-All-Star Russ tonight. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think you also hope that, you know, you can start getting Ferguson more than five shots a game. I agree. Because Ferguson Completely. hasn't shot the ball much since since All-Star break. And his, his confidence kind of seems to be reflecting that as well. He doesn't yeah. seem quite, a, be quite as confident as he was here so, uh, uh, pre-All-Star break. Yeah, I think tonight was, was good for him, though. You know, his defense, the minutes he got, six assists is huge. I mean, the Agreed. Thunder got, between Schroeder and Ferguson, they got 13 assists tonight. That's really good. Yep, it's really good. So, yep, awesome. You guys want to move around, move on to some around the association? Let's do it. So, uh, you guys see that Warriors game? That was interesting. I did not see the game itself, but I saw the score. <laughs> so the Warriors, in case you didn't see, the Warriors lost to the Orlando Magic 103-96 to tonight. Uh, <laughs> what happened? 
Do you think were they uh, partying at Epcot a little late into the morning, or uh, do you think think there's something going on there? Yeah, two, two in a row in Florida, they've lost. Can uh, we hope that? Can we hope that this is the beginning of beginning of the end? This is the oh, beginning I hope so. of the end. Uh, now they didn't, anything. they didn't have Durant tonight, you know, so they were down to right. four All Stars in the lineup. Um, that's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, so tough. This God, boy, I mean, how, do, how can you do it? Only four it was interesting in though. They did have they had a thirteen point lead in the fourth quarter. The Warriors did. Oh wow! And they were outscored. They only scored fifteen points in the fourth quarter. The wow. freaking Golden State Warriors. Orlando Magic. <laughs> that ain't Steph good, Curry Chief. was Steph Curry was twelve of thirty three from the floor. Not ideal. Hey, I'm I'm telling you, they have legit depth issues. Yeah, I, I mean they have legit that. depth issues. After after the starting five, they have Sean Livingston who hasn't been playing a whole lot. Um, I don't even they know how much. Iguodala. Yeah, I don't know He's how old. much Iggy's been playing. Then you have like Jonas Jerebko. Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, Kevin Looney. You know, like they have legit depth issues. Yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. And so tonight when you're when your all stars don't get it done, like I said, Steph Curry twelve of thirty three, then Clay Thompson nine of twenty three. Oh wow. Uh Boogie was fine, eight of sixteen, twenty one points. But yeah, uh I don't know. I think they're coasting. Like I agree. Uh, you said it in the Slack earlier, Taylor. It's like they they don't care who they're playing in the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter yeah. to them at all. And so I think you're going to see more of this down the stretch. Where it starts to get interesting for me is when you look at the standings and you look at how the teams are jockeying for position. Yep. If you can't assume that Golden State's at one and you're going to get kind of this dance between Golden State and Denver switching between one and two, you're going to get this like frantic jockeying for position at the three, four, five, six spot yep. where teams are trying to, oh, no, we want to be the four. Oh, no, we want to be the five. Oh, no, we want to be the four again. Yeah, because of, as, of, as of right now, Denver is the number one seed in the West. Yeah, so like whatever, win a game, Portland. I'll take the four seed. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you'll take the four five matchup so you can get Denver in the second round instead of instead of Golden State. Yep. That's so true. So it'll be interesting. I think what I'm also curious as we head to the playoffs of what Denver is going to be able to do. You know, Budenholzer's not historically good in the playoffs. And he's had teams before where they have a lot of regular season success. So I think seeing what happens with the Nuggets in the playoffs will be fascinating because I think I think you ask any team in playoff contention right now, who do you want to who do you want to face? And it's probably Denver. Yeah, but I think we'll find their guys don't have a lot of uh, playoff experience, you know, right? Jokic has never been in the playoffs. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton. I mean, I think the only guy with the only guy they play that has like any sort of playoff experience is Paul Millsap. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas has a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I forgot he's back now. But yeah, that's about it. I think it'll be interesting, though, because like while you can make those assumptions, I mean, the way that they're just drumming people in the regular season and what we've seen them do against the Thunder. Yeah, uh, like, so true. I don't know. <laughs> you can say that you want them in the playoffs, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Thunder do right now. It's I'm super curious to see how the Nuggets play in the playoffs. Um, you know, I could see them being a team like Portland was last year where they like were just playing. So they're playing hot. Um, and then all of a sudden they just, you know, they lose in the first round. I'm not saying the Nuggets are going to lose in the first round, but they, they certainly did not have a solid postseason run. So I'm super curious to kind of see how the Nuggets put together their postseason run and, and how they play. Um, because they are a super deep team as Definitely. we saw. And so this and week. that, that so, is something that I think is interesting as you head to the playoffs. Cause like, does that advantage kind of lose its. Uh, lose its power when rotation shortened. Like depth, depth is not as important as you get to the playoffs. Yep, exactly. Right. So speaking of who's going to end up with that one seed in the West, uh, let's talk about the flip side. Who they'd play uh, with the eight seed? As of right now, San Antonio seven, Clippers eight, Kings nine, Lakers ten. But all of those teams are within three games of each other. 
That's so right? crazy. Um, the San Antonio Spurs are 34 and 29. The Los Angeles Lakers are 30 and 21. So the Lakers only have two more losses than the than the Spurs do. So you want to talk about jockeying for position. Now, I think the 11th seed Minnesota Timberwolves are probably out of it. They're at 33 losses. But Lakers have 31 losses. Kings have 30. Clippers and San Antonio both have 29. So who uh, who gets those last two playoff spots in the in the West? I'll tell you that I'm rooting for uh, Sacramento and San Antonio. Yep, agreed. Um, I, I've, I I keep wondering if the Clippers Lakers want, worry me. I keep wondering if the Clippers want to slip out because if they don't, they lose their draft pick to uh, yep. to Philly, I believe. True. So, I wonder if the Clippers want to want to slip out of the playoffs and keep that draft pick. Um, okay, so not not who you want, Taylor. Tell me who is going to get those last two seats. Who gets seven? Who gets eight? Oh, I'm going to go with uh, the Spurs for seven, and I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Sacramento for eight. Okay. I th- I really do. I think they'll they'll pull it off. I just there's a lot of turmoil with the Lakers right now. Yeah, Justin, what do you think? I'm in the same boat. Okay. I think I've said for a while that I don't think the Lakers get in, and I think Kamiar said it on our last podcast of like if natural forces are at play, the Lakers don't get in. But we know tomfoolery and tinfoil hats that uh, Adam Silver wants nothing more than a LeBron James Lakers versus Golden State Warriors first round series, but uh. Yeah, I just I don't see it, man. They kind of suck. Yep. No, I agree. I'm with you guys. Uh, but I'm gonna flip flop. I'm gonna going to put Sacramento at seven, San Antonio at eight. Ooh. So then, I t- like that. Tell me how Sacramento f- goes on a, uh, a win streak. I like that. Tell me how fun a Sacramento versus Denver first round series. Oh would be. my gosh, that'd be I, good. I would love that. I watch every second of right? that. Right, Jamal Jamal Murray versus Darian Fox, Gary Harris versus Buddy Heald. Will Barton versus Bobon or not Bobon? Um, no, what's the what's the guy's Bogdan. name? Bog, Bogdan, son of Bogdan, first of his name. <laughs> um, it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a blast. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I think I think San Antonio and Sacramento um, snag those last two spots. Uh, Spurs three and seven in their last ten. That's Ooh. surprising. That ain't good. We're, we're going to be so wrong. It's going to be like the Clippers and the Lakers. Probably. <laughs> Probably. All right. Well, hey, do you guys want to move on to a few Twitter questions before we uh, yeah. we hang it up for the night? I know we got... Shout out uh, to our, uh, our, our our followers. We got like we got quite a few Twitter questions. Yeah, a people are in their feelings tonight. Should I play uh, Drake in my feelings right now? Yeah. Kiki. You know what? I'm actually going to put that on. That's going to be our our bumper music for our Twitter questions because everyone's sad right now. That's awesome. (laughs) This is great podcasting. I know you guys love this. I'd prefer if you just kept singing, Taylor. If I just go for it. Yeah. Hey, I can pull up on my... Oh, there it is. There it is. And that was pretty quick. Yep. All right. What do you got, Taylor? Hit us with some TQs. My first one I got here. I mean, we have nine of, or we have nine on just one tweet alone. Um, I think we have even more than that. So I'm just gonna try and pick out a couple here because I know we've been going for a long time. But the first one here it's is the first time that's my... ever been said to me. I'm going for a long time. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> off to a good start. Now we got we got Jacob and his feelings. Um, boom. I'm currently doing the in my feelings challenge in my seat <laughs> while we were podcasting. <laughs> that's awesome. So the first one here is my good friend, Sid. He was a foreign exchange student from Germany back when me and Nick were in high school back in Owasso, Oklahoma. How does and he we feel about contact. Nazis? I guess he's the best. Uh, I'm sure he hates them. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Sorry, he's Sid. very pro, pro-independent, yeah. He's a huge <laughs> basketball guy. He actually, fun story, really quick, him and Nick, we can get into, de- into detail here in a later podcast, but him and Nick got a signed LeBron James jersey that Sid still has right now. Oh, that's um, pretty super cool. cool during the lockout season. But anyways, nice. Sid asked, I seriously hope we will get embarrassed in round one. He's not happy. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> this dude He's real in his veteran. feelings. <laughs> this dude <laughs> is a veteran and takes those kind of shots. What is Russ smoking? He needs less of it. All caps. Blasphemy. Sid is not Oh, that's not good. Happy. 
You know, <laughs> Sid, here's what I need you to do. Uh, tomorrow's Friday, okay? Um, after work, after school, whatever you do, um, head home, uh, meet up with your significant other, go out to dinner, get a, uh, a nice beer, uh, maybe a hamburger, um, relax, and forget that basketball exists for a night. His significant other lives in Thailand, so he's really in his feelings. Poor Sid. <laughs> You'll be all right, Sid. We're I here hope for I, you. I hope I got that right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure about that though. He's he's told me this before. <laughs> but anyways, next, um, let's see. There's another West question. We have TJR at TJR. Oh, TJ Rhino 31. As bad as Russ's free throw shooting has been this season, it's nice to see him clutch them in the fourth during a close game. Wonder if the added pressure helps improve his shot. I've always wondered that. Yeah. Russ has always been a very clutch free throw shooter. My mind immediately goes back to the three against the the Clippers in the playoffs that won the game. It's always been a really clutch free throw shooter. I mean, even even just the last few games, like he did it tonight, but he also did it against, was it against the Jazz? I think that's right. Uh, he, maybe, yeah, maybe in the fourth he quarter before he fouled out. basket a couple times and, you know, seemed more confident because we saw that early in the season where it felt like he didn't want to drive to the basket because he was, like, you know, he was trying to avoid going to the line. But it, it goes back to, like, with most things, Russ, I think it's it's a it's a mental thing. Yeah, it's like... It seems like ever since they changed, changed that role, which affected his routine last season... He just hasn't been the same. Yep. But I can't help but like pressure, keep thinking about that. The pressure helps lock him in. Yep. It's the I same agree. kind of thing with defense. Like when he's locked in, he's incredible. It's when he's not locked in that the problems come up. Agreed. I agree. You got another one um, for us, Taylor? I do. I have quite a few, but we'll, we'll do let's, one or two more. Yeah, let, one let's that hit I, three more. Okay, cool. So one that I really like here is uh, Michael at Muscat Season. He asked about Adams, who we talked a little bit about. He asked, why has Adams been so trash compared to his old self for most of the season? He gets out-rebounded in most games and can't defend to save his life. Oh, my fiance's calling. Oh, we got a, got a so call. Decline. Let's got get her. back to some Drake. <laughs> she just got done getting tattooed, so she's probably calling me oh. to, to cry. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like her. Yeah. Man, slap tattoo she gets home. couple over here. Well, speaking <laughs> of tattoos, uh, Stephen Adams, he yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> I think we hit on it a little bit earlier. I think it just gets beaten down, and I think I do want to see him, you know, get some some fewer minute games. I don't think we need to see him like uh, some games out with load management like LeBron. But I think having some opportunity to uh, get get less burn. As we head to the playoffs, I think it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree I with agree that. I agree as well. Let's see. Another one we have here is about Markeith. We talked a little bit about Markeith. Uh, our guy Paul here at P underscore H underscore F3. He's not quite as excited about Keith's game tonight as we were. <laughs> he asks, uh, Markeith seems pretty underwhelming on defense. Is it just rust or should we expect that? He can score. It'd be nice to see some more minutes, but he always seems to be a negative plus minus. Um, Paul, I would say that you know we we do talk about player plus minus per game. Sing, um, when, yeah, single player plus minus. Single player plus is like, hard because it, it it's is, not a one exactly. man game. There's nine other guys on the court. You know, exactly. Uh, I I would agree with him. the The defense has been a little underwhelming. Um, I think part of that is rust. He hasn't played in a long time. Uh, you can stay in shape, but like being able to to change direction at NBA level is very difficult. Um, I think he has done better whenever he's guarding down low and when he he gets switched compared to uh, trying to hedge and recover. We said this earlier, and so I think that just might be a little bit of time. He's never going to be a great defender, um, but I, I, I agree. I think he can be better. I agree completely. Justin, you have anything to add there? Yeah, I like think... That? I think it's as he gets more comfortable learning when he should rotate, how he should rotate, things like that. I think it'll smooth out. I think what he brings to this team is a a, a big body. Some he's a totally different body type than like a Jeremy Grant, and I think he can complement Jeremy Grant out on the floor and kind of bring some things that this team hasn't necessarily had in a while. They haven't had kind of like a bruiser 
like that on the inside, and I think he can he can be that for this team. Agreed. So for the last one, uh, I think we had about four more. Uh, they were all really good. There was there was a couple about Billy Donovan. Some people frustrated frustrated with Billy, which I don't want to touch on because I think those are irrelevant. We also had somebody asking about fans who are overreacting, such as those fire Billy Donovan people that I mentioned. <laughs> but the one that I do want to mention to you guys is about defense. This is something we've kind of talked about ever since, you know, post-All-Star break, really. And Julius Reck, at Julius underscore Reck, W-R-E-K, asks, can this team become a top-five defense again, or do they simply not give a damn? Ooh. Yeah, I think they can get it's back fair. there. Um I th- Justin mentioned it earlier that the style of defense that Thunder plays. People are going to say, "Oh, Fire Billy Donovan doesn't know what he's doing." Like the the dude is a solid NBA coach, and he understands his team, and he is trying to put his make a defensive scheme that fits his personnel. Okay, Thunder's personnel is long, rangy, um, athletic. And so the defense they play is a product of that, right? The Especially the pick-and-roll defense. Justin mentioned it earlier. It requires a lot of communication. It also requires a lot of effort and a lot of um, like second efforts and, and a lot of hustle and a lot of buy-in, okay? If you come in and you're not like super invested, uh, it doesn't look good. Whenever the games really come, come down and they really start to matter, uh, I think the Thunder can lock in and really shut some folks down. And I think we saw that in the second half today. I think they played really good defense in the second half. And if they would have played like that the whole game, uh, they probably win tonight. So uh, I I think they can still be an elite defensive team. And I think when they turn it on, uh, it's going to scare a lot of teams in the playoffs. I agree. I think that's something you, you have to remember too is I, th- I think a good example of that is it's Kevin Durant's last year. I know we had to think about that, but that was a team during the regular season we did not see oh, going dude. nearly as far as they did. Go back and look at my tweets in like February and March <laughs> of 2016. Like all I did was yep. bitch about the defense. Like <laughs> about how bad the defense was, how they were going to get bounced in the first round, how they were building awful habits, and they weren't going to be able to sustain anything in the playoffs. And then they become this freaking juggernaut shutting down the Spurs and the Warriors and you know, like nobody can score on them, and they're just like a this black hole. Like they can turn it on, they can turn it on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's where I'm at too. Sorry, I was going to say yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. And I think uh, that's why a bunch of us are frustrated because we know they can turn it on, but right now yeah, they I, don't have it turned on, and they're losing so ma- games, and it's frustrating. So imagine what you said, Jacob, about getting Andre back and throwing him at you that that scheme um, instead of a Nader or a Diallo, as much as I love my beloved homie, and as good as he's going to be. Um, but imagine, you know, giving some of those minutes to Dre. Exactly. I mean, that's, it's exciting. Who would have won defensive player of the year last year if he hadn't Had gotten not. injured. Yep. So. Exactly. All right, you guys ready to call it a night? I've got I think some, that was a good uh, one. I've got some Anthem to go play. So. You guys yeah, played you Anthem do. yet? I, I don't have a gaming system right now. It's back in my parents, which means my senior brother and my brother, who's a senior in high school, um, he is playing on it, which means I need to go home and, and <laughs> play it with him. So that way I know what you guys are talking about. Yep. But I've done my research in terms of like uh, doing research on the Internet. So I know what you're talking about, Jacob. It's really fun. I like it. All right. Looks awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We appreciate you. We got a lot of cool things coming up here at the Uncontested. Uh, nothing we we can talk about like right right now but some cool stuff is in the works so be on the lookout for that if you don't subscribe to us already uh itunes soundcloud spotify google play wherever you listen to podcasts go and subscribe drop us a five-star rating on itunes it literally takes like 20 seconds you just click on the uncontested and then those those stars pop up and make sure you click where all five of them light up um you can also leave a review People sometimes say nice things about us, and uh, it, it makes my depression a little bit less worse. So thank you for that. If we get 100 iTunes ratings before the playoffs, we're going to give away a, pl- a pair of playoff tickets, uh, maybe a little dinner, some T-shirts, you know, nice little giveaway. So get on iTunes, click that five-star, 
and uh, and say something nice about us. We really appreciate you guys. Ooh, also, yeah, that'd be fun. If you're not on following us on Twitter already, at the underscore uncontested, you can follow Taylor. He is at Taylor underscore P15. Justin is over at OKC Tracker. Myself, I am at ThunderMob405. Thunder back at it again Saturday against the Spurs. It's a late tip. We will be back we with you. We need that one. Oh, they need it bad. We will be back with you with another post-game podcast that evening. You guys enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the weekend. It's going to be cold here in Oklahoma. You guys take it easy, and we will be see you back Saturday night. Thunder up. Boom. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.